Well, so far in this study, we've examined individuals in the Old Testament who demonstrated what it means to wait on the counsel of the Lord. I want to move now to the New Testament to see how the Lord Jesus lived his life. His life, of course, is an example for us. And if Jesus is the Son of God, waited on the counsel of God, then it's very clear that it is our absolute need to do so as well. Now, as we begin, I, I would venture to say that Jesus lived in absolute dependence and obedience to the counsel of God. Well, let's take a moment to look at this and break this down as we examine the life of Jesus Christ. We begin with the account of Jesus just before he began his public ministry. He had been baptized by John and had been led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by Satan. We don't know a lot about what took place in those 40 days in the wilderness, but what we do know, however, is that during those days, the devil tempted Jesus in many different ways. After not eating for 40 days, the devil tempted Jesus to turn stones into bread. Listen to the response of Jesus to that temptation in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When the devil tempted Jesus to jump from the pinnacle of the temple, he answers, Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Matthew 4 and verse 7. And when the devil offered him all the kingdoms of the world, if he would bow down to him, Jesus replied in verse 10 of Matthew 4, Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you worship. Matthew 4 and verse 10. What do we see here in the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness? Jesus consistently overcame the temptations of the devil by returning to the counsel of God. He chose to listen to the word of God rather than Satan and his temptations. He consistently measured everything the devil said with the truth of Scripture. And Jesus would overcome the temptations of the devil by an absolute commitment to the counsel of God as found in the scriptures. He would not be distracted from that counsel. And as a result, Satan had no choice but to leave him. In Matthew 21, we find Jesus at the temple during the time of the Passover. What he saw that day shocked him. He saw money changers and merchants buying, selling, and making a profit from the people who had come to worship. And enraged by what he saw that day, he, he turned the tables of the merchants and drove them out of the temple. The question we ask ourselves is what motivated that outburst? The answer is found in the word Jesus spoke to those people that, that day, to the merchants he saw on that day, where he said in Matthew 21 and 13, he said to them, it is written, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. 
the scriptures of the Old Testament moved Jesus to this anger. The scriptures taught that the temple was to be a house of prayer, but these people had defiled it. Jesus took the counsel of God seriously. He would not stand by and watch what was taking place without responding. And the question we must ask ourselves is this, are we angered when the counsel of God is ignored and disobeyed? This was the response of Jesus when the counsel of God was disrespected. In Luke chapter 10, verse 26, we read about a lawyer who came to Jesus and asking him about how he could inherit eternal life. Notice how Jesus responds to the man in Luke 10, verse 26. He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? See, the first thing Jesus did was to point this man to the word of God. Now, we live in an age where the word of God is not where we would first point a seeker. In fact, all too often we hesitate to bring people to the word. We're, we're afraid that people will not like what they see in the word. The Bible stands against the culture of our day. Its moral principles condemn the, the accepted norms of our society. And people come to our church today and they ask, what shall we, what, what do I do with my sexuality? Does a loving God really condemn a people to eternal hell? Do, do I really have to turn from my sin? And all too many believers compromise and waver in these matters, turning their backs on the counsel of God. What did Jesus say? He said to this lawyer, what is written in the law for Jesus? There was no compromising the counsel of God. What did Jesus think about the counsel of God is found in the pages of the scriptures. Consider his words from Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, where he says this, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. And so Jesus tells his listeners that he didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill every dot and iota of the law. But notice particularly that Jesus goes on from this in verse 19 and says this, Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called the great called great in the kingdom of heaven the person who relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be the least in the kingdom of heaven says the lord jesus do you want a pathway to the bottom of the ladder? Then relax even the least of these commandments. Compromise and encourage others to compromise on even the smallest of God's commandments, and you will find yourself on the bottom of the ladder. There can be no doubt as to the importance Jesus places on the scriptures as the counsel of God. He stood firmly on the truth of those scriptures when facing temptation. He was angry with people when they ignored them to their own profit. He pointed people unapologetically to them, and he condemned anyone who would compromise 
even on the smallest of God's commandments, Jesus' life and ministry was solidly based on the counsel of God as found in the written scriptures. And so we see the perspective of Jesus and the counsel of God is found in the scriptures. And the question we ask ourselves now is, did he seek the counsel of the Spirit of God as well? Does he reflect in his life that he was led and directed by the Spirit of God as well as the Scriptures? Well, consider a time in his life that we've already considered his, his temptation in the wilderness. Listen to what Mark tells us about this temptation of Jesus in Mark chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. The Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. How did Jesus end up in the wilderness during this temptation? Well, Mark chapter 1 and verse 12 tells us that the Spirit immediately after his baptism drove him out into the wilderness. The idea here is that Jesus was compelled by the Spirit into the wilderness. It was the direction and timing of the Spirit of God that brought Jesus to this place of temptation. He simply followed the leading of the Spirit. As Jesus faced his soon coming death, his heart was deeply grieved. And facing the pain and separation, the idea of separation from the Father was not an easy thing for him. And there in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus cried out to the Father and asked him to take that cup from him. This was something, there was something inside him that that grieved to face the agony of what was ahead. But notice, however, how he ends his prayer in Matthew chapter 26 and 39, where he says this, Nevertheless, says Jesus, not as I will, but as you will. While his human nature was, was not looking forward to what was ahead, the desire of his spirit was to walk in the counsel and purpose of God. Listen to how Jesus describes his commitment to the counsel of the Father and to the leading of the Spirit in John chapter 5 and verse 30. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus says some very powerful things here. One, I can do nothing on my own. Two, as I hear, I judge. Three, I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. You see, the commitment of the Lord Jesus here is to absolute and full surrender. He submitted every will and ambition to the Father. He did nothing uh, out of his own heart, but sought the will and purpose of his Father. He didn't do what whatever he saw fit, but he did as the Father revealed things to him. He, he didn't live to do his own will, but to do the will of God. 
This is a picture of absolute surrender to the purpose and will and counsel of the Father. And Jesus demonstrates what it means to die to himself, only the will of the Father. I live entirely for him and his purpose, not my will, but thine be done. That was the heart of Jesus. And Jesus would summarize his ministry and life in the words of John chapter 5 and verse 19, where he says this, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. I don't do anything outside of the Father's counsel and purpose. I only do what I see the Father doing. My heart and will is held in complete submission to the counsel and leading of God the Father and the Spirit. This absolute submission to the will and counsel of God is seen even in the words that Jesus spoke. Listen to what he tells his listeners in John chapter 12 and verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. Even as the Son of God, Jesus did not speak in his own authority. Every word he spoke was given to him by the Father, and the Father gave him the words to say and told him what to speak. Jesus was in tune with the leading of the Spirit and the counsel of the Father in every word that he ever spoke. He, he says a similar thing in John chapter 17 and verse 8 when he prays to the Father saying, For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I have given them the words that you gave me, says Jesus. And Jesus has confidence before the Father that he, he never preached a sermon that God did not give to him. He did not preach anything that he had not received from the Father. Jesus lived in such communion with God that even the words he spoke were the very counsel given to him by the Father. Speaking to his disciples in John chapter 4 and verse 34, Jesus would summarize his ministry in these words. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. His whole purpose in life was to walk in the will and the counsel of the Father. The life of Jesus is a life of seeking the counsel of God in everything. He walked in obedience to the revealed scripture. He was led by the Spirit into the situations of life. He chose to submit his life to the purpose and the counsel of God. He spoke and taught only what his Father gave to him. 
If there was ever a life that waited on the counsel of God, it would be the life of Jesus. He's an example of a life sold out to the purpose and counsel of God. And surely, if he as the Son of God died to himself and lived entirely in the counsel and leading of the the Father, how much more do we need to follow his example? The path to victory in the Christian life is, is one of surrender to the counsel and will and purpose and leading of God. It's a life of complete and total submission to the Father and His counsel. It's a life that says, not my will, but thine be done. A life that has as its mandate and commitment to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. This is the example of Jesus, sold out completely in life, in word, in action, and deed to the counsel and to the purpose and to the leading of the Father. Not my will, says Jesus, but thine be done.